Hey everybody, welcome to the webinar. We are going to have an amazing, amazing time tonight. We have on a very, very special guest, Lindsay Elmore from the amazing Galactic State. You're in New York right now, right? Yes, I'm in my house in New York City. She's in New York City, so she is taking time out of her evening to, to be with us. And I am so incredibly excited because we've had Lindsay on before. And yep. Lindsay is known as the pharmacist with an F, but she's also a PharmD. And she has the knowledge that, you know, that is needed about how the body works, how things work in our body foods included, but of course, medications and herbs and essential oils, as well as lifestyle practices. And I was thinking about a topic for tonight. And I'm like, what can we do that I think people would really, really love? And I thought self-care, especially in our lives that we're so busy, you know, yeah. oh, the word, I think personally, the word busy to me is worse than the F word, like as far as four level words. Like four-letter words. Like when someone says busy, it's like. <laughs> so I'm like, oh. and then of course they look haggard and tired, and they have anxiety medications, and they've got like insomnia, and you know all their husbands cheating on them, and all this stuff because the whole life is just falling apart. Yeah. And there's so much we can do. And so Lindsay, I thought it would be great to have you on, and we can talk about what, especially as women. You know, we try to do everything and we're holding together a career. You know, if, you, if you're building your young living business or if you've got something else other than that and children and holding the home together and making sure the bills are paid and then, you know, pleasing the, the partner, the spouse. And then what about us? Mm -hmm. Yep, I, I agree. Um, I think it's absolutely critical that we as women take a moment to take care of ourselves and to remind ourselves that we're very important. And if we don't treat ourselves as important, who will? And I think that that's very key for, for everybody to just take in and accept and embrace. Yeah, I agree. Now, if you ever had, I know that you also, you know, besides, you know, the, the training you've had formally, you've really gone into the area of Chinese medicine and yoga and things like that. Was there a need for that or what led you down that path? So back when I was in pharmacy school, I tore my ACL um, during, so I started pharmacy school in September and in January of the following year, I tore my ACL. So my first year in pharmacy school. And when you tear your ACL, they put you in a leg brace and the leg brace locks your knee out very, very straight. And so it causes you when you walk, when you're walking, when you're used to walking with two bent legs and now all of a sudden one of them is stick straight, it causes your hips to do this weird hiking motion every time. At least that was my compensation to make walking a possibility. And so all of a sudden I realized like I couldn't sit really? on my butt bones like evenly anymore. And so I... I ended up going to the chiropractor for the first time in my life. And while I was at the chiropractor, I happened to mention, I've had this horrible insomnia for like a month. What? I Why? haven't slept. I honestly, looking back on it, 
I realized that I was playing, and I don't know why I was doing it, but I was playing a ton of, like, brain-activating games in the evening. I had a <laughs> Nintendo DS back oh my then gosh. I absolutely loved. I still got it to this day, and I would. I would just play, like, brain-activating games because I was also you know, I was surviving pharmacy school, so I was trying to learn all kinds of new things. I wasn't trying to. I actually learned new things, and I learned, you know, and I had to study for the first time in my life. I was um, a student that work came to easily, and pharmacy school was not easy. It was a lot, a lot of learning. So the chiropractor, when I tell her that I hadn't slept for a month, she wow. suggested I go to the acupuncturist. And so I go to the acupuncturist for the first time in my life, and it completely set me on a new pattern. It was new energy for me. It felt amazing. Um, I just absolutely loved it. And I started learning and researching Chinese medicine. I wanted to learn everything I could. I asked tons <laughs> of questions while I was there. And that set me on a path that has now led me to crystals and gemology. It's led me to studying chakras and energy work. It's led me to um, study essential oils and herbs and yoga, um, you know, certified yoga teacher and also teach aroma yoga. And so, yeah, it's given me a broader view of the world and I'm appreciative for that. You know, from a, because I'm a scientist too, I got degrees in that area. And one of the things that drew me into essential oils was I realized there was research and it wasn't just hooey hooey stuff. So when you came into that, that, you know, going into the Eastern world, what did you discover that really fed that left brain of yours that wanted the knowledge and the concrete? Because, you know, there's, there's always those questions like, well, how does the needle thing work? Or what are these, how are these shockers? Like, you know, how, you know, like I want proof. And yeah. uh, so what did you find? <laughs> so I, I will give a caveat in that I'm a little bit, a little bit wackier than the average scientist in that I trust instinct as proof enough for my life. I think that's a big difference. Like I can research data. I can find amazing data to demonstrate that this self-care practice or that self-care practice is better or worse than the other one. But ultimately what I aim to teach people is that the answers to their own health, the answers to their own self-care lie not outside of them. I want to, you know, it's my aim and my goal to teach people that the power of wellness and the power of decision making is inside of them. And so, you know, in regards to taking care of ourselves, I know so many women that just say, I cannot make the time for this. And it's like, no, you can. You're just choosing other things. And I think you also, you know, you can use data to prove anything, but when it comes to like self-care and self-study and self-learning, you have to base your opinions on data, but then also just that gut feeling that you have. Um, it's a different yeah. 
practice than the practice of pharmacy where you're really data driven and then you're also very economically driven. But, you know, that's a different discussion to get into. <laughs> you know, and the funny thing is about that is that the um, I think about the Chinese medicine practice and how ancient it really is and how that through time, you know, there's been so many discoveries around it and including Ayurveda bringing in that practice as well that they're, you know, they're, they're, they're able to quantify some of that in, in through science and proving that we have these vortices, you know, on our bodies. And it's, it's really cool um, to be able, and then to feel it or to, like you said, especially as a woman, you know, we have that inner knowledge and we are, we're in such a heady world, world. Uh, it's, it's just incredible. So how, you know, from, you know, a physiological perspective, how do women get affected by stress differently than men that we, you know, where we get really, you know, out of balance and we, our health starts to wobble or our emotions start to wobble? Well, I think that from a physiological perspective that humans are affected in very similar ways. But I think that women, we have so much more societal pressure on us. We have this expectation that we're supposed to be it all, do it all for everyone's opinion. And I'm here to tell you, it's a lie. It's an outright lie. Um, you know, I love me or hate me. It's my choice. I don't want to have kids. I don't want to have children. It's not my path. I have confidence in the fact that it is my life's mission to teach adults and to, God willing, impact the consciousness of a lot of people. That's where my heart lies. Yeah. People tell me, they're like, but children are such a great blessing, and children will be the greatest thing that ever happened to you. And I'm like, you know what? If I change my mind, I'll change my mind. But for the moment, this is where I am. And so that expectation of being the wife, the mother, the college graduate, the articulate woman, the woman that can show up in hair and makeup everywhere she goes, that's got the heels, that's got, you know, that's like the perfect for her mother-in-law. You know, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's not true. And so I think the fact that we as women tend to take on more of everybody else's universal crap means that the physiological changes whereby we produce more cortisol, where we have tons of inexplicable symptoms like headaches and backaches and insomnia and anxiety and, you know, chronic fatigue and depression and all of that. We have to remember that the root of all of that may be just a gentle self-acceptance. Mm -hmm. of the fact that what we are and how we were created is the exact version that we're supposed to be, you know, just gentle self-acceptance. And so, you know, stress causes all kinds of problems. The ones I mentioned, aberrations in blood sugar, in just mm -hmm. 
But we have to remember it's chronically reinforcing. So the worse it is, the worse it gets. So, um, you know, I, I've heard somebody say that you must undo what you do. And so if you're someone who chronically just does, 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 you got to like set that gentle reset button. And so, yeah, self-care is is absolutely clutch because it demonstrates in your most core of nature that you are special and worthy and already loved. I think that women also, we just struggle with love, you know, be it that women have been through abuse or, um, you know, just challenging situations where maybe a parent left when they were young. You know, women just, we get the brunt end of the deal in a lot of ways. And so we've got to undo what we do. Yeah, and there's in the patterns in the in the work ethic and what you know with the expectation, like you said, it's it is huge. And to keep up, you know, I mean, I, and and I've had a lot of thoughts about this too, as far as, and 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 I hope nobody throws tomatoes at me, but the the women's equality movement, you know, and and I'm all for fairness. Trust me, I'm like alpha chick, right? But there there is a balance in relationships of yin and yang right and in in the world and when a woman is too yang and you've got the man the the woman it doesn't get into her feminine anymore things get a little crazy like right. literally <laughs> absolutely absolutely you know every person is blessed with this balance of of yin and yang and so the yin energy is that like masculine outgoing assertive energy and then there's the yang energy that is the quiet the moon the the feminine energy and i think you're so right like women have to get into that space because if our whole lives become about you know, getting up before the whole household, making everybody breakfast, taking the kids to school, doing the work, coming home, doing laundry, cooking dinner. You know, there's no, it's all outgoing love. Yep. Where's the incoming love coming from? And I I agree with you. I think that there is in relationships between partners Certainly that balance of masculine and feminine, but even inside ourselves, yes. there is the balance of masculine and feminine. And so, um, and, and when we merge those, so in the eight limbs of yoga, there is something in yoga called samadhi. It is the bliss. It is that quiet, meditative, connected to God, the universe, energy that is serene and peaceful. And in order to do that, you have, um, so we've talked about chakras a little bit. Those are energy centers that run up the center of your body. But surrounding those, we have two additional serpentine-like energy centers, the nadi and the shishuma. Those represent the sacred masculine and feminine. And when those can come together, via meditative 
practices, it becomes the samadhi, the bliss body, where all of the chakras are open and communicating via the sacred masculine and feminine. And so, yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely true. We we have to honor inward energy. It's part of what we have to do in order to be healthy. It's like, do we expect this to just output, 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 and never get plugged into this? Right. <laughs> I don't know right. if you guys have the, the phone that seems to go on forever, but this is like us, you know, and recharging has to come from other areas. And I, I believe that some people get in trouble when they expect others to recharge them and not taking that recharging for themselves. Yes. You know? Yep, exactly. I completely agree. So, um, well, let me share with you a couple of my favorite ways to yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Simply, just really simply relax and recharge. Um, one of my favorite things that I do as regularly as possible every day when I'm at home, most days when I'm on the road, is I take a bath. Nice. It, it is just time that I will set aside to just sit still. And I use it as time, like, I love listening to podcasts. And it's something that I don't do very often because I, um, when I work, I really need to focus on what I'm doing. And so it's either, like, classical music that just is an undercurrent or nothing. I sit in silence and work. If I'm trying to listen to a podcast, I can't get work done. No. But I'll sit, I'll chill, I'll listen to podcasts. Um in my bathroom here at home, I have um, Himalayan pink salt. I have a bag of Epsom salts. I throw all of my empty essential oil bottles just into the Epsom salts just to get those last vapors nice. out of them. Yeah, and so I will take a bath. I love taking a bath. Um, I also will um, practice yoga. Um, I'm not as disciplined as I was, you know. Keeping up the discipline of yoga is a thing. It is definitely a thing. Um, so I will practice yoga, but I'm, I'm saying out loud to you guys that I haven't been as disciplined as I want to be because it will encourage me to, uh, to, to be better. Um, I guess honesty is a great self-care practice. Just be honest with yourself. You know, I think a lot of women... And a lot of men beat themselves up because they go, self-care is supposed to be this one thing. You know, it's supposed to be the the spa day and the Epsom salts bath and this and that. Girl, if, if what you need to, like, recharge is to sit on your couch, like, eating bonbons covered <laughs> up in your Snuggie and watching yeah. 80s movies, I'm down with that. If that is what chills and relaxes you, as long as it's a moment of truly mindfully caring for yourself, it can be anything that you want. You know, um, I love taking baths. I love getting my nails done. I, I love going on long walks for no reason through New York City and just trying to stumble upon places. Um, you know, and, and I... I find quiet moments also to just do parts of my work that can be quiet, you know, um, really taking time to write on a regular basis is a lot of work for me, but I know that writing is going to be one of those long-term business practices that sustains. Yes. 
so I do it. And and that to me is a way of financial self care. You know, it's a way to That's ensure. A good point. Hey, ladies, we don't talk about money enough. We do not talk about money enough. Um, we need to be talking about it. You yes. need. We need to be having honest conversations about what are you doing to ensure your financial future. Because mm. if your finances are jacked. <laughs> Epsom salts baths? You got to be kidding! (laughs) Membership to a gym? No way! You know you're not stopping to buy yourself random flowers if you're worried about paying the rent. And so, you know, women, if you're if you're not saving for retirement on a monthly basis, it's time to start doing that. If you're in a ton of credit card debt, like let's make a plan and let's deal with that. Yes, if you're living in a house above your means, it's time to sell. Like, get the one-bedroom condo. You can do it. You know, and plan for the future. You know, if you're a woman who's blessed to have some abundance or blessed to have her own businesses, where's your trust fund? Where's your will? What happens to your business when when you pass on? Speaking of which, self-care at the end of life. I mean, as a pharmacist, it broke my heart to see how many people came in at the edge of death. And because of lack of planning, arguments ensue among family members about how to care at the end of life. Think about it and think about how do I want to be treated if in the horrible situation that something happens to me. You know, I... I think financial self-care is so important as well. It's not just about R&R. It's about planning for stability, for God forbid, whatever happened in life. I love that point you make because it's funny that you say this because a couple of weeks ago I had a heart-to-heart talk with my sister. And I'm like, so what are you doing for retirement? And her husband Let's just say that maybe he didn't save anything so far, which I'm sure is true. And I said to her, so what are you doing? And I gave her a list of things she had to do to go set up her account at Vanguard and what funds she needs to buy. And what I'm like, you need to do this, you know, X, Y, Z amount of money off your young living paycheck, you know, boom, right off over there. You're never going to miss it because when you get to be, you know, like, 55 60 and you're going oh crud I'm out of time that's no time to start you know I mean you can't you know what I'm saying so um, I'm so glad you brought it up that's a big thing for me right now is exactly what you said is like okay you know I've got some resources now and uh, I'm I'm living a townhouse you know I live in a nice community but it's not fancy super fancy here and it's like okay stay real make sure you take care of that, you know, in the future as well as other investments. So I'm really glad you brought because the stress of not having security is so not good. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And like, even just the security of knowing, Hmm, I've got X amount of money in my savings account right now. Okay. That's cool. I have the security of knowing that that's going to last me six months. You know, it's going to last me. And honestly, as as now a, a businesswoman, I also have to care. I mean, you know, this is caring for someone else. But I've also started thinking about what does it look like for me to have six months of not just living expenses, 
but salaries, fees, contractor, like what does that look like? And how do I ensure that I have this much in the bank? And so, you know, it just levels up and, and, you know, and I, I also, part of my self-care routine, I will be perfectly honest with you, I am not great with, um, I'm not great with volunteering, I don't really show up a lot, but I do discipline myself to always pay people fairly for their work and to also give back part of my resources to organizations that helped build me, that helped get me where I am. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always more than happy to do that as a part of of allowing that inward love to manifest outwardly. It's, it's really, um, it's big. And when, especially, I had like 45 thoughts while you were talking, because I think about this topic is really important that I want to say something about this is an entrepreneur and you being an entrepreneur and many people listening as entrepreneurs, there is a, um, a fallacy that you have to invest everything you have even when you're starting, just to get, just keep reinvesting 100%, 100%, 100%, and not taking any off for salary, and not taking any off for savings, or tithing, or whatever you're going to do, um, giving back, and and that was a huge mistake I made for many years, you know, I, I didn't do that, because there's a lot of that pushed in, in many groups, saying, you need to reinvest everything, you need to reinvest everything, and then all of a sudden, like, you're making really good money and you're still investing everything and you have nothing in your bank account and not taking that consciously out. I I read a book, two books recently. One was um, Profit First. I don't know if you've read that one. Profit Mm. First. Amazing. And another really good book called um, Millionaire Teacher uh, about these topics and so, so incredibly good because that Yes. It's not all about baths and Epsom salts. A girl's got to watch out for herself. <laughs> right. And, and I think that you could shift that mindset and just think of it as, you know, yes, you're investing in your business. And trust me, like, I get it. I run some tight margins to be where I am. Um, and, and, and ladies, if you're running a business, do you know your margins? Like, what are you actually bringing in every month and like, where does it go? Mm. And so, yeah, I think, I mean, I've been hearing it since elementary school, pay yourself first, pay yourself first. Um, Whether, and, and my dad also taught me, it doesn't matter what you save as long as you're saving something on a consistent basis. So, you know what, if, and, you know, I, I hope and pray that there is some, you know, 19-year-old woman on this call tonight who's like, I may not have much, but it's 25 bucks a month. Yep. You know, I hope there is, you know, some women of all ages who go, hmm, I wouldn't really miss 100. I wouldn't really miss 1,000. You know, hey, there's probably some people like, I really wouldn't miss 10,000. Let me just throw that in the bank, you know. And the more that you save, the more stable your business becomes. Mm -hmm. And the bigger the risk that you get to take. Because when you save and save and save, and then you go, ooh, like 
in here in New York, just this past week, I wanted, um, I've been interviewing speaking coaches because yes, I'm a wonderful speaker, but I want to get better. And I want like another opinion. I haven't had a speaking coach since I was in college. And I was like, you know what, let's do this again. So I've gotten bids back that are like $25,000, $10,000, $15,000. And you're just like, hmm, that's a chunk of change right there, you know, for six weeks with a speaking coach. But if you've saved and you go, all right, well, step one, let me pay my quarterly taxes um, because <laughs> – as, a, as an independent business owner, you gotta pay, you got to pay those taxes. So, like, step one, let me pay that. And then let me see how many months of operating expenses that I actually have stashed still in the bank. And then I'll consider putting in a five-figure investment in a speaking coach. And so, yeah, you can make really good decisions that are all a different perspective on self-care. Um, can I throw something else in there about self-care? I think we yes, all, for sure. man, we have to let go of all of our emotional garbage, you know? No, I just want to carry that stuff right here. <laughs> right so, there. It's so lightweight, you know? <laughs> no, why do we do that? Like, why are we carrying around so know. much emotional just shit for lack of a better way to say it it's so much just emotional crap that we're carrying on our backs so let go of it all those mistakes that you made as a kid they don't matter anymore you know they really don't and so I hope that one of the lessons I think that's so important in self-care is that the hardest person to forgive is yourself you know, like we really struggle to tell ourselves that we're sorry for the mistake. Um, and so, ladies, just let it go. Let it go and just let go of all the self-hatred um, because what has it gotten you so far? Yes, suffering. That's, the, you know, the Buddhist teaching about suffering and talking about or in in and allowing that to be present all the time and reliving those thoughts and reliving those feelings. It's, it's like self blogging and mm -hmm. no, you would never treat somebody, you know, like that, but you we do that to ourselves. And I catch myself sometimes too. And I'm like, I would never like, what is it? Maybe you've heard this where imagine you saying that to a picture of yourself or an image of yourself as a little girl, yeah. would you say those things to her? And you never would say that to a little, but you're saying it to your inner child every time you, you know, start bashing yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, my friend, my friend Rosie um, taught me something really wonderful that we as women can do to help reinforce this positive self-talk. Um, so if Rosie hears her friend, um, talking bad about herself. So if I were sitting here and I'm just like, Jen, you know what? I'm so flat. I just, I, I, I can't look at the lighting in here. This hair looks dirty. So cute today. I mean, does this outfit look all right? Like what if, what if it's too low cut? What if somebody doesn't like it? What if somebody doesn't like seeing my arms? Rosie will stop you and go, don't talk about my friend that way. Nice. Don't talk about my friend that way. Um, 
so stop yourself mm. and just say, don't talk about the little girl that way. Don't talk about little Lindsay that way. Don't talk to my friend that way. And I love that language because it stops you dead in your tracks. Yes. that I've got some friends I'm going to do that with. <laughs> Good. Yes. Good. Because they, they need to love themselves because yeah. it's the only way to love everybody else. That's true. If we have nothing, nothing, if this is empty, you know, people, myself, I was that way once. I was running on threads and fumes, and I thought, you know, I was giving, 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 but I was not giving the way I really wanted to, even though I would never recharge, and it was just, sometimes we get these really difficult lessons. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It's really, So let's talk a little bit about food. Um. So what are your thoughts on making, I know, you know, I'm all for the 80-20 thing. It's like, you know, if you absolutely love chocolate, like my feeling is get the best chocolate, you know, and and have some of that awesome chocolate. But especially with daily choices, you know, and sometimes we do things that we feel guilty about or we are traveling and, you know, you're eating out a lot. How do you have any thoughts about self-care around food? Mm-hmm. Um, that might help some people and, and, and give some insight on that. Yeah, so um, I, I will take this opportunity to invite each and every one of you. Uh, if you do want a dietary reset, come and join my cleanse. Um, it is over at www.lindsayelmore.com slash cleanse. Mm-hmm. And so this is a 21-day restart for your diet. Um, I agree with you that when we eat, I think the most important thing that we can do is be mindful about what we're eating. Because my thing is, is every hamburger necessarily good or bad for you? I don't know the answer to that. I do know that if you go and find the best hamburger with the best condiments, with the best bread, with the best lettuce, with the best onion, the best tomato, the best whatever that you want. And if that hamburger at that moment in time sounds like the absolute best thing that you could possibly eat in that moment, and if you sit down and enjoy it, with your phone off and the computer off and the TV off and no angry conversation and the radio off and no newspaper, and you focus on specifically enjoying that food, you get such a better eating and dining experience. The food becomes a blessing instead of something to feel guilty about or, or, or something that is like doing your body harm. I think when we eat food mindfully, I got these lessons from an author named Janine Roth. And the first book I ever read by Janine was called Women, Food, and God. And Janine's theory is that every bite of food that you eat is a reflection on your relationship to God and to yourself. And so Janine challenges um, people to stop thinking about what they eat and think about how 
they eat it. And when we think about what we think about, when we stop the what, the how becomes the focus and the practice and the meditation that leads to the what naturally improving. And so Janine's advice is, number one, identify if you're hungry. On a scale of one to ten, how hungry am I right now? Because we eat when we are not hungry more times than when we're hungry. We're constantly eating when we're not hungry. So when we eat when we're hungry, then we end up in a situation where we can go, okay, I know I'm hungry. It's true hunger. What is the most delicious thing that I can eat right now? And when you identify that most delicious thing that you can eat right now, go get that food. Go get it. Whatever it is, absolutely guilt-free. There is no shame in this game. If that is the most delicious food that you can think about eating right now, go get it and eat it and put it on a plate. Put it on a plate and sit down at a table with no distractions and eat it and love it and taste it. And here's another challenging part. And she says, eat with the intention of being in full view of others. Hmm. There ain't no more hiding candy bars in the bedside table and sitting in the closet. No, no, none of that. Eat with the intention of being in full view of others. You know what? I feel like that in the natural wellness game, there is so much shame and I'm fed up with it. If somebody wants to sit in front of me with a bag of crappy candy and a, you know, a high fructose sugar water soda with 150 milligrams of caffeine and be like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. I hadn't eaten this in <laughs> years. Don't you judge me. I am living my best life. That's cool by me. That's totally cool by me. Because the thing is, is when you eat that way, and you decide, yes, I'm hungry. This is the most delicious thing I can eat. I'm going to put it on a plate. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to focus on it. How many meals do you think you're going to go through that you want crappy candy and crappy soda? You are going to get to a point where you're like, man, salad sounds good. Like rice and beans sounds good. You'll get to the point where... Food that nourishes you is naturally attracted to you. So I want you all to cut out of your eating practices that foods are forbidden. There are no forbidden foods. You know, there aren't any forbidden foods. It's all about the mindfulness behind the way that you eat. Hmm. I love I'm so glad we talked about that because there's, you know, this day and age even seems to be worse than ever with this diet, that diet. And, and things are so extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the paleo autoimmune diet, right? And there's, you know, ketogenic. And then there, you know, I mean, it's like, it's so much. And and I feel like, and this is probably addressing what you're talking about, every time, you know, somebody, you go to uh, to do a diet, then you get a little cuckoo in the head because you're like, oh, carbs, 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 <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> yes. Or, or you know, you 
get constipated and ignore that sign from your body, or you get diarrhea and ignore that sign from your body, or you get very, very hungry and you ignore that sign from your body. You know, we got to listen internally is the most important thing. Mm. That is, is something I, I met somebody a long time ago that I was working with doing some, um, you know, personal growth type things. And she always says, you know, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed or super stressed, you just get quiet and say, what do I need right now? You know, what what do I, and I had to do that today. I got kind of stressed this morning and like, what do I need right now? And I went and sat in the massage chair for 20 minutes and just put on quiet you know, and just sat there and like, what do I need at this moment to get out to feel at peace or, you know, to feel less anxious or to breathe or whatever it is. And that's really powerful is to take my, okay, right now I need to go do this. And uh, it's, it's a very mm-hmm. powerful practice, <laughs> you know, feeling that way. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So, Go ahead. Are you going to say something? Sorry. I was, I was just going to say yes, and you could easily make that into um, into a prayer. You know, if, I think some people get nervous about going internally, and they prefer to go externally. So what you asked was an internal question. What do I need right now? You could also turn that into a prayer and say, God, grant me what I need right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love John Maxwell. He says that yep. prayer is talking to God, and meditation is, is listening to the answers and listening to the answers, um, I feel like that arise within also sure. goes with that. Mm, I love that. You know, what? How do you do? You feel it's important for people to have support or with you know finding, I guess you'd say, balance or finding health or whatever. It's how I'm, I'm searching for the right word. Where you know finding a tribe of in community, and I know sometimes tribe is tossed around a little bit, but you know, are we tribal type creatures where we really truly need each other's support to help nurture ourselves? What do you feel about that? Um, I think that there's definitely a spectrum of people. Some people really get recharged by groups and other people really get recharged by inward reflection. But I think that humans from a very basic evolutionary standpoint are built for community. We're built to have colleagues and collaborators and friends and family and neighborhood acquaintances and you know we're we're built to have interpersonal relationships absolutely and so yes there's a spectrum of people who you know love being around everyone and then people who need a little bit of everyone but from a basic safety and security standpoint we need other people yeah. And, and is that I know you've created some communities. I know you've got the cleansing uh, that you're doing right now. You've got a couple other things that you're doing to help. That. And the reason why I say this is because um, I feel like you were saying this is important. And when we choose to put ourselves first, we're not always in the majority. And hanging out with some other people that are doing the same thing kind of reaffirms you know the decisions that we make because there are people out there that still say oh you're being selfish for whatever thing you're doing or you need to do this first or your husband or you're this should come first you know and then we're like 10th on the list so um, what you know like give me give me a little idea or help the people 
um, that are listening, you know, what, I know you've got the cleanse, what are some of the other things that you've put together? Because you and your team have been working on some incredibly powerful things and doing such a great job, you know, to give support and to offer yourself as a resource and, you know, a place where people can go connect and feel good and get really, you know, that good support. Yes, absolutely. Thanks. Um, so I have a couple of different um, arenas where I teach. And so the biggest one is called the club. And so the club is over on my website, www.lindsayelmore.com. You can find me in the club. And so when you join the club, you join um, a big community of people dedicated to learning and teaching about their empowered wellness. And so there are tons of videos. So the biggest bunch bunch of stuff is the video library. There is tons of information about Young Living products. We have also shot um, an intro to yoga so you can learn the basic mm. theory of yoga. We are also shooting um, tomorrow a lot of just very, very basic um Health, health and wellness information. So we're shooting videos that are, you know, how what herbs have been shown to help with diabetes, and you know, what are ten ways to use peppermint oil, and what are what are just you know three things that actually have some good data behind them for hypertension. So we're just introducing some newer content that is a more broad um, that just gives people opportunities to learn to empower their own decision making about their health and wellness. I also have an extensive blog that you can search. There's recipes. Thank you. There um there is essential oil education, herb education, safety information. There is tons on um you know, recipes, just you name it. And there's also just some honest reflections on life. And you also, inside the club, get access to exclusive discounts on other products. You get um, slide decks that you can use to teach your own um, your own meetings. You get access to club hangouts, which are very similar to what we're doing tonight, except it's hosted by me. And so, um, yeah, you get really great opportunities. And I think the biggest thing is that you get the opportunity to get to know other people inside the club because we get together um, in person as well as online and just hang out and just talk about how, you know, we want to be a community of committed people who are committed to making our own decisions about our health and for standing by them and saying, like, look, this is my choice, this is my life, and I'm choosing to use this herb and this self-care tactic, and that is what it's all about. And so tons of Young Living education. The cleanse is coming up. We start October 5th. Um, and so head to lindsayelmore.com slash join for more information about the club and go to lindsayelmore.com slash cleanse to learn more about the cleanse. The blog is at the blog. And if you, um, if this is, this is your first introduction to me, I'm so grateful to meet you. You can learn more about me on the about page and my Instagram and Facebook is at Lindsay Elmore. You know, I love your blog and I use your content very frequently in my emails because um, you write it way better than I am. Like I don't blog anymore. Who blogs awesome like how I would blog? I'm going to go grab Lindsay's stuff, and I put it in my emails Thank to my you. team. Oh, <laughs> that's like, great. 
you know, the con the blog articles are, are excellent because there's some meat and potatoes in there. And it's not make another, you know, uh, bath salt. And I know you got bath salt stuff in there. But yeah, like, you got tons of DIYs, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, DIYs, but then, yeah, there's science as well. Yeah, Lots there's some really good stuff because I, I looked at the, one of the new ones you just did was ADHD. And there's a whole article over there. If you guys need that over on our blog right now, um, so you go to lindsayelmore.com and you'll see the little button there for blog. And so as we wrap up here, I want to talk about one of my favorite things in the world. Not that all of this here is not my favorite, but I love and I've gotten into this because I had two years of insomnia. I was a, I was a log sleeper. I mean, a train could go by my head, I'd sleep. And then perimenopause and, and mold exposure hit me. Ooh. And I was like, I did lines of cocaine, which I didn't. Um, and my brain was on fire for like two years. And so I really had to work very hard on a nighttime, you know, a sleep hygiene routine. Do you have one? And would you like to share if you do or if you find, because it's one of my favorite things. And I always love to hear what other people do to bring the body down to prepare for sleeping, like not doing Nintendo. <laughs> right. Yeah. So turning off the electronics is important. I um, am very cognizant to get all the lights turned off mm -hmm. in my apartment. Um, I'm in New York City, so part of my bedtime routine is making sure that, like, all the locks on the doors are latched appropriately um, and making sure that the doors are shut. I like to put the toilet seat down to prevent any of that leakage of the energy out. Okay. Always take off my makeup. Always brush, mouthwash, floss my teeth. Um, I have not been to bed with, with makeup on, and I can't even tell you how many years like never bed without taking the makeup off um i change panties i put on clean underwear to sleep I love that single night and that's part of my my jam just it, you know you just kind of take the day away and mm -hmm. so um yeah but i'm pretty simple at night i i tend to sleep like a rock so um but i We'll share with you briefly what I learned when I did have terrible insomnia. So in Chinese medicine, um, insomnia is an imbalance of yin and yang because you're not, you don't have enough of that yang inward moon energy. And the advice for how to heal insomnia in Chinese medicine is actually dramatically different than in Western medicine. So in Chinese medicine, the number one thing that you need to do is decongest your liver your liver is holding all the energy and just not letting it go and so the insomnia part of the way that you heal it is by taking a nap every single day for at least 75 days I was super committed to that I made it like 60 days um, until there was this one day that I had a house guest and it was, you know, one of those things, but I was really committed to it. And the reason for that is because it introduces yang energy in the middle of a very yin time. Hmm. And so the other thing to do, super simple, something sour. First thing when you wake up in the morning, just right. take a shot of some apple cider vinegar, lemon, lime, whatever it is, not essential oil. You want that citric acid. Yeah. So um, that's, and castor oil packs are my jam. So 
that was those are still things that I do to this day. Um, it's just as far as sleep hygiene goes. And girl, get a good mattress. Oh. Every penny, get a good mattress. Fluffy mattress, nice comforter, good pillows. Yes. So yes. yes. <laughs> and if you've never done it before in your life. My mom, when she was raising me, I asked her, like, what's your favorite thing to do to take care of yourself? And she said, clean sheets and freshly painted toenails. Oh, nice. If Ladies, make it happen in your life. Get your sheets washed, wash your sheets, and go get a pedicure in the same day. It's the most luxurious thing ever, ever to happen in your it's life. It's so simple. It's so simple. Yes. Clean sheets, freshly painted toenails. Yes. You know, they say that there was some article a friend of mine told me a couple of years ago. I don't remember what magazine or whatever she read it in. She said that one of the greatest stressors that a woman can have and can take care of is by keeping the home organized and clean. Like not neurotic, but having things, you know, like having stuff and disorderly actually is, is brings a layer of stress that you're not even conscious of. And yeah. uh, it's it's a huge thing. Um, have you found that too? I know that studies have shown that the simple act of making up your bed in the morning reduces rates of depression. Because <laughs> if you make your bed in the morning, like, you're doing great at life. And when your bed is made, it feels so much better to get into it. I never leave my bed unmade ever um it makes you feel so much better your entire room looks clean yeah um even if you've got clothes on top of the bed even if you've got this that, the whole room looks clean and then the other thing about making up your bed is i think that when you get up and you accomplish one thing mm -hmm. it leads to you accomplishing something else yeah, that's such a good one. That is, it is so simple. I mean, make your bed. You know, like when you're a kid, you resist making your bed because you're like, I don't want to make it. But you get older. I always wondered why my mom always made the bed. It was such a big deal. My dad was very engineer-like, and she would always make the bed, and she'd iron his handkerchiefs and, you know, all that stuff. And it, there, that order is, you know, it's like, it's just like static having clutter, you know, and you know, like my bookcases look like clutter, clutter, clutter over there because I need to get rid of some. But it's, you know, trying to make things less cluttered is a huge thing. And it sometimes is difficult, you know, in, when you don't live in a big space or maybe you've got limited, you know, resources or whatever. But I think it's a good thing. And uh, having clean toilets. <laughs> yes. Hire a housekeeper, y'all. Yeah, best, housekeeper, y'all. Best money you'll ever spend. Just hire a housekeeper, you know? Oh. Um, it's somebody that comes in once a week and tidies so you don't have to. I mean, even if it's once a month, you know, if that's your, like, major treat for yourself. You know, it's all about those trade-offs. You can't afford all of everything, but what's really important to you? Yes, I, I agree with that. And there are some things that are, you know, we – especially for those that are in business and many people here are in business in young living business or other businesses. And, you know, if we want to um, really achieve, you know, if we're looking for some lofty financial goals, which I have those and, um, and, and I'm achieving many of those, 
I have to discern when I wake up during the day, what am I going to spend my energy on? Because I have only so much. And right. what do I need to do to really recharge? Like as soon as we're done, I'm going to eat and I got to play with horses for three hours, you know, because it's like medicine for me. But even throughout the day, like what do I need to do? If I'm going to perform in a certain way and give 120% for certain times of the week, what do I need to do equally opposite? to give myself that charge so I can be awesome and give 120% when I need to. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good question. And I'm with you on the housekeeper. I got to get one myself. Well, and, and actually it's kind of Monty's role is my support. I mean, you know, he'll say it, you know, I'm like, if I'm going to be like doing this, I said, dude, I really, you're, you're my, you're my help, you know, <laughs> as well as hiring people. But, you know, we have those roles and, and defining those and, and being okay with that is huge. So um, are there any last words you want to leave with everybody here that's listening or people that are listening to the recording today so that um, you can, whatever's on your mind that you want to wrap up with? I think that just know that you are valuable in the universe and that you have worth and that you you are enough and you are worthy of being taken care of, um, especially by yourself. And so um, as my sign says, I just, I love you and I mean it. And so, um, yeah, just come find me on, um, on social media. I'm Lindsay Elmore and it was an honor, an honor to be here. Thank you, Jen, for the invitation. You are so welcome. It's so great to have you here and coming back and doing this. And we'll have to do this again. I, mean, I just love this topic. Um, I'm so happy that you were able to be on. I know your schedule is very demanding. And so for those of you that are listening, you know, be sure to follow Lindsay and turn this if you're listening to the podcast, turn it on to the people that you know and share. I mean, that's what Monday nights are about. We talk about so many different things. And so we'll see you guys next week. Thank you so much, Lindsay. You have an amazing rest of your night. And I will see you guys soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody.